to Backstage at the Bass with me, Lizzie Welch. Um, today we have a lovely guest on the podcast. It is Danny Taylor. Now, Danny Taylor is coming to the Plowright Theatre at the end of this month to, for his show, The Very Best of Tommy Cooper. Um, this was a fantastic interview with Danny. It was really, really nice to hear not only a little bit more about the show, but hear him drop in and out of the character of Tommy Cooper at a moment's notice. It's an hilarious interview. I so, so much enjoyed it. Uh, I laughed all the way along and I hope that you laugh along too. So um, I'm going to stop rabbiting on in your ears for now and let's just drop straight into it. Here is Danny Cooper. Hello and welcome Danny to the podcast. How are you? Hello, thank you for having me on. I'm very well, thank you. Um, really excited about getting to your theatre. I've heard many great things about it. It is beautiful. It is a beautiful uh, place, the Plowright Theatre. I've uh, stood on that stage many a time and I know it's got a lot of warmth for a lot of people. So hopefully when you come, you see, you feel that warmth and that welcoming that we try to portray. <laughs> You're bringing uh, the very best of Tommy Cooper to us. So I guess my first question for you, Danny, is why Tommy Cooper? Why not? He was uh, <laughs> he was hilarious. Um, it's good, clean family, humour, um, He's just, yeah, I just think he's hilarious. And I think he's, I think he's timeless as well. I don't think his, his material's really, really uh, dated in any way. I think he's as funny as he was then as he is now, um, which you can't really say for all comedians, but he wasn't just a comedian, of course. He was a prop comedian. He was a, he was a magician. He was, um, <clears throat> he was a very good magician, but he was also made the tricks go wrong, didn't he? So uh, <laughs> just to keep the audience on their tones keep the audience on their toes as well but he was um you know for Tommy he'd got his first magic set when he was eight years of age of his aunt Lucy and just really took it up and magic was his his sort of life really and I think what he realized at that time and as he got older I think it was when he was playing his um when he played on the as he was an apprentice down in Southampton and yeah. he'd been um, asked to do the Christmas party and he did a trick where the upturned milk um, was meant to stay in, but it didn't. It went all over the stage and he was in absolute tears. He went back to his dressing room and this had happened on other occasions. But I think it was a real sort of, it was a real moment in his career where he thought, ooh, there's, so, there's a thousand comedians out there, uh, sorry, magicians out there. He said, why don't I be the one that gets it wrong? <laughs> you know, I'm, I think I'm onto something here. So he decided to sort of go down that route. And of course, it's what that's that was the difference, really. And um, there was all the humor that came with it as well. And the slapstick his 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 comedy, um, his physical comedy as well mm. um, is something that I've really been studying lately and um, just you know the, all the mime and things like that what he did he's just he's just phenomenal you know absolute genius of a of a person but I've been sort of doing impressions ever since I was a kid um and Tommy Cooper was one of them but I think at the time when I was growing up I think Tommy Cooper was probably one of the most impressioned people around <laughs> um so yeah I just th th there's so much to talk about with Tommy Cooper but I I, I just I just find him hilarious. He's daft and he's, you know, I tell my son jokes and he, 
you know, he thinks they're hilarious. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's as good as reason as any, you, you know, Tommy Cooper, because he's hilarious. Like what, what other good, good uh, representation for the show is that? He's, he's hilarious and, and that's why you like being him. Yeah, yeah. You know, do you know what? We've done the show now. It, it, it's been reformatted into a one-man show. It used to be a three-hander. It was very much about his sort of his manager and his relationship there and, you know, meeting his wife and going back to the sort of army days of Vera Lynn and all of that. But this is very much his, his act, Live and Unleashed, um, and his relationship with his son, actually, who was okay. a stagehand who went round with Tommy. So he does feature in the show. Um Tommy Jr. And, oh, wow. um, which is really, really sweet, actually, because you get to see this sort of this, um, you know, the relationship between sort of father and son, you know. So, um, no, it's it's a really lovely show. We've done five performances so far. We we opened in air in 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 north northwest Scotland a few weeks ago, and the response has been we laughed from beginning to end. We're sore. Um, love the magic, you know. Really, what more do you want from a night out, really, than a good belly laugh for an hour and a half? You know, <laughs> absolutely. Um, he was a skilled magician, as you said, but obviously makes it look like he's going wrong all the time. Have you had to become a really competent p- magician to be able to take on the role? Well, I was one of my first jobs from leaving drama school was um, I got a I got a job at Harrods actually, and I've, I'd always done bits of magic, but I got a mm-hmm. job at um, sort of Harrods and Hamleys for this magic company, and I learned a lot of the stuff there. And we had the likes of Steve Mulhern there and other guys that were sort of well known in the magic circle. Obviously, he went on to do brilliantly um, with his career. But yeah, I, I'd, I'd done quite a lot of, I'd learned a lot of magic from them. Um, but yeah, it, it's always that thing, isn't it? You've got to learn to, you've got to get the trick right so you can make it go wrong. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the thing, you know, so, um, but yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Amazing. Has it ever actually genuinely gone wrong? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on on a few occasions, yeah. Um, I had a, I actually had a thing the, recently with the, the glass bottle routine and, um, yeah, the glass was appearing when it shouldn't, and the bottle wasn't, and the audience absolutely <laughs> fell about. They thought it was hilarious. It, it fell. It it, it it sat completely within um within Tommy Cooper's sort of act, really. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess he's he's given you the freedom there for things to go wrong, and it's just to work anyway. So that is that is fantastic. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, you know the, the the wonderful thing about playing Tommy is, and the most important thing about playing Tommy, is playing the innocence and the wonderment. And you know, he didn't actually think he was, he never thought he was that funny, you know. Um, and I, I think there's there's something really lovely about that, is it? You know, what yeah. me? What me? What I'm funny? What no? <laughs> really? You know, there's no sign of cockiness there, you know, or. You know, he never thought he was the sort of big I am. And I think that was something that was really endearing and one of the things that people really, really loved about him, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so you said you you started off, I guess, making it as, as an impressionist. Is that your route to, to this? Do you, do you do anything else other than and Tommy Cooper? Or how did you get started in the whole business, I guess, as a, as a question? Well, I, I used to do all of that. I took drama at school and... They didn't quite know what to do with me. They put me on a YTS in a in a, in a uh, 
a sort of place where they took lights around local colleges and schools and that. And I got involved with a youth theatre from there. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that youth theatre was one of the best you could go to. I wasn't particularly academic. Um, I did my three years there and then I applied for drama school in London. I'm very, very lucky that, that they didn't accept me on my academia, but on what <laughs> I could do in an audition room and, and that I could act. I did my three years training there and that was where the hard work really began. But I was lucky, you know, as well, because mm-hmm. we, we had what you called grants then. Yeah. And they don't exist now. And, you know, you, people just leave uni now, I guess, now just getting into all kinds of debt. Yeah. Um, but I was very lucky. I got this grant and I was able to sort of go and train as an actor at one of the best drama schools in in around. And I left drama school and went straight into television. You know, I was going from sort of TV show to TV show. And um, that was kind of where it began for me. But... You know, in terms of playing, I think when I left, I was playing a lot of sort of the dodgy characters, you know, who was in the bill and this, that and the other and and the halfwits. And I thought, you know, that's fine. That's fine. At least I've got a niche. It's always good to find your sort of... And I think it's got it's stretched out now to dead people. Um, cause <laughs> That's a niche and a half, that. Got, <laughs> it is. I, I played, I've just played Hitler in a movie and um, that was a bit weird because he's just a bit weird anyway. But I yeah. played... I played Adolf Hitler, even though I'm way too tall. I did tell them, but they managed to make me look smaller on screen. <laughs> um, and I played John Lennon for. We went. We did eight countries. We went round the. We went. We finished in L.A. Actually, I, I played John Lennon for Yoko Ono. Oh, well. Um So, which was probably one of my favourite jobs. So, I, I kind of the thing is, I think, is that I, you know, I don't sort of hold back I, I I do research and I research and I just you know when when lots of people are I guess when people are watching television or having their downtime I'm just quite happy to just learn more about what, what it is the job that I've got in hand because I love it you know I love I love finding out about these people playing these people and trying to find out what makes them tick you know yeah um and yeah yeah I mean John Lennon I love his music how can you not you know we all love the Beatles Absolutely. and um so yeah yeah it's um <laughs> fantastic so did so, you do yeah, anything um, did you do anything special to get into the role of tommy cooper then before a show is anything you have to specifically do to build you up to it um just getting into the character really is um is getting this is always starting from the shoes really um i've got a pair of size 14 shoes that i wear for the show mm-hmm. i'm not a size 14 by the way <laughs> but you know it's like any character i think when we were sort of you were learning your trade at college, you know, you started from the, the feet and you worked your way up, you know. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's the way I've always sort of approached everything. Um, but, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's <laughs> he was six foot four. I'm six foot and a half, so I've got to find another four inches from somewhere. So <laughs> you've got to act bigger, be bigger. Absolutely. Um, and obviously the, the fez, if you're going from all the way down from the bottom of the shoes to the top, you are you are going all the way up to the fez. How how's how's working with that? The fez is brilliant because a lot of people you know, we talk about the fez. I think what's lovely about this show, and it's probably not been mentioned, is that there's narrative that's just sort of interspersed between um between doing 
doing the act and doing the um the tricks and everything else. You know, he'll stand there and he'll talk about his growing up, you know, from moving from Caffilly to down to Exeter where he got his burr. And then down to Langley, you know, near Southampton, mm-hmm. he talks about all of that and then being called up in the army and how he was a lousy soldier who got shot in the front line and sorry, he was he was shot in the arm and taken out the front line and he was um he was but not before his talents had been spotted by the traveling army concert party. And so, you know, so which is where he met his wife, Gwen, huh. uh, or as he called a dove, you know, and he, then he goes into a sort of montage about dove and, you know, she was a showgirl. She was the glamour puss. She could play all the roles and that's how they met. And so it's, there's lots of lovely narrative and the Fez comes into that. In fact, they'll tell you about the Fez. Do you want to know about the Fez, Liz? I absolutely want to know about the Fez. <laughs> Well, people often ask me, I'll tell you, I was in Egypt <laughs> in the army and I used to wear a pith helmet in the act in those days. Now, I did say pith. Um, now, I lost the thing and I had to grab the first thing I could find. This waiter went by wearing one of these. Well, that was that. Then a few years later, I was back in Egypt with a wife and there was a fellow selling fezes on the market. Now, when I went to try one on, he turned to me and he said, just like that. And I said, how do you know that? I said, that's my catchphrase. He said, I don't know anything about a catchphrase. All as I know is that when a, a British person tries one on, they turn to their friends and they say, just like that. And he said, then you're the first one not to say say it. It's priceless, isn't it, Liz? It's priceless. Priceless story. There you go. I love how you two just jumped into that. That was amazing. Yes. Yes. From Scouse to, uh, I don't know, somewhere in the southwest. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, so, obviously, he is renowned for many, many props on his shows. Um, what is that like? And was it an absolute nightmare to source or easily done? It still is. I mean, <laughs> if you think about it, Tommy used to tour with 22 cases at least. Um, wow. And he was always, a lot of people would see Tommy after after his show and it would be, it'd be stood at a train station with all these cases on his own. Probably, <laughs> he always sort of put across this quite sort of sad figure, really, I guess, quite sort of lonely on the road and at times. But yeah, he carried a lot of props. He didn't have an estate to drive around in, I don't think. He probably could have, couldn't fit in, in those cars back then. Um, <laughs> he'd be too big. Um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, it is a lot of props, but it's, it's, uh, his attention to detail was something else and it was all carefully, carefully sort of, um, managed as well. What trick he was going to use where, which night, what he thought was going to be, you know, what prop he was going to use for a certain audience, you know, if it was more of a sort of magic audience, maybe he'd do more of the stuff that, you know, where he could do more you know stuff that 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 they would get more as mm-hmm. opposed to his do you know what i mean he would yeah, yeah. he would sort of um customize his act to his audience and where he was and but he was he was uh, he was quite a character i've got a friend up in liverpool who was uh who's a um a radio presenter called Pete price up here and he um remembers tommy in the early days when there was a theater there in 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 liverpool called the the shakespeare and it burned down in the 80s. Anyway, Tommy used to go and play there. And he said, I remember this time I used to go and get uh, Tommy from the Adelphi Hotel. 
and I'd take him across to the Shakespeare. And I said, I remember one day the trapdoor in the theatre, it was quite a large one, had got stuck and they were going to cancel the show. And he said, I'm never forgetting it. He said, he said, no, I'm doing the show, Peter. I'm doing the show. I'm going over there. And he went over there and he spent an hour just going up a ladder and the audience could only see the top of his fez and his eyes. And then he'd move the ladder along and he'd go, he's still there to the audience. He's still there. And that's all he did for an hour. And he said, he just had them in the part, you know, in the palm of his hands. He, he didn't have anything prepared. Probably very frustrating to the likes of, you know, his friends, Morgan and Wise. In fact, he was because they were most the most famous double act there was who, re, who re, rehearsed religiously to the syllable. No one worked harder than them. And then you got someone like Tommy Cooper who just walk on stage, wouldn't say a thing. And the audience would be, you know, would be in hysterics. But he was, um, yeah, he was quite a character, quite a character. Fantastic, and obviously this show is uh, is being presented with the the blessing of the Tommy Cooper estate. Have you had much uh, to, to do with anyone from from that area? Have they seen the show or anything like that? Yeah, well, they have. They gave us the blessing a while ago, and and I think one of the things is really important is that we had Chris Bleach as well from the Tommy Cooper Appreciation Society mm -hmm. that came to see the show. He he called it a tour de force when <laughs> in in its original. Um, state. Um, we opened our tour then originally in Caffili at the Blackwood Miners Institute um, mm -hmm. in his own town. We thought that was important. But what we've gone on to do with this one is to um, I wanted to, I've toured for years on lots of different shows. Blood Brothers being one of one of the ones that a lot of people know me for. I wanted to do something that was different. I'd noticed that we'd gone to a few venues with Blood Brothers and that there'd mm -hmm. been fatalities in the audience yeah. um, in, 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 a, in a couple of venues, which was quite shocking, really. I thought, God, he, Tommy died on stage and of a heart attack. And there'd been a, a lot of stuff lately where there was a lady, an actor up in West Yorkshire Playhouse who had died on stage and it was quite it's quite a common thing you know mm. it's uh sid james up in up in up in um sunderland um you've got les dennis's part partner died in the theater up in southport and his arms in fact uh dustin g so it's a common thing and what i wanted to do was getting to the point um was to try and raise awareness and to try and raise a little bit a little bit of money on this tour as well to having defibrillators in all performance areas, big or small. I know some of the bigger venues have got them, um, but I, I think it's something really that, you know, it's something that I wanted to do with this. So I, I've, I've made them aware of what we're doing and, you know, that's a fantastic go. cause, fantastic cause. We do have them at our venues. We do, in case anyone was wondering, we definitely have them at our venues, but it, it's a it's an amazing cause and definitely something that needs to happen everywhere. So well done you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, before we wrap up and, and we talk about what we can expect and things like that, I guess the, the only th other thing I wanted to know is, do you have a favourite Tommy Cooper joke and what is it? I bet. Well, you see, I've had a terrible day. You see, Liz. <laughs> I know we're having a nice chat here, but um, I've had a terrible day. You know that. No. Do you know I've had a terrible day? Okay. I have. I bagged a horse at twenty to one. Came in at twenty past four. <laughs> <laughs> we came so late. I had to tiptoe back to the stable. <laughs> no, seriously, I went to see the doctor. I had to. He's not been well. 
And I said, doctor, he said, yes. I said, I've broken my arm in three places. He said, well, stay away from them places. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, he said, I was, uh, I was walking home the other night. This fellow came out of this doorway. He said, have you seen a policeman around here? I said, no. He said, stick him up. Anyway. <laughs> I can see why I like it. got a new one in the other day. I'm still learning it, by the way. But there's one where he goes, he, he says, I walked into a bar and I passed a cigarette machine and it spoke to me. He said, you, you're a fool, an idiot and an, imbec and an imbecile. I thought, well, I carried on walking and I passed this pork pie. He said, hey, you, you look great. Love the hair, love the shirt, love the tie. I got to the bar. I said to the barman, I said, what's that all about? He said, well, the cigarette machine's out of order and the food is complimentary. There <laughs> 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 oh, we are. So, um, I ashamedly have not really known very much about Tommy Cooper, I guess, before doing some research for the show and things like that. So my question, I guess, is... Uh, do you think you need to be a fan to come and see the show or is this a good place to come and discover Tommy Cooper? Let me tell you something, right? We took Tommy Cooper originally to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in 2015. We did it as a three-hander. It was an autobiographical celebration of his life. We did the show. We had we were, from day to day, we had an awful lot of Italians, Spanish people, French people, Canadian people, all these people. And they all came up to me at the end and they all say the same thing. Oh, Tommy, um, we loved your act. And then I go, well, no, 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 I'm not Tommy. Tommy, someone, so they basically thought I was Tommy Cooper. <laughs> Which is a very good compliment. And I'd have to explain to all these people. I said, well, no, he was someone that existed in the 70s and in the 80s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Mm -hmm. And he was a very well, very well loved um, comedian, magician, prop comedian. Um, so I think he's timeless. And I think you can bring your kids and and have a, uh, have, a have a good old laugh. Have a good old belly laugh. Fantastic. So to wrap up, if someone was, I guess, wondering or, or not sure, what, what can they expect? What can they expect when they come and see the very best of Tommy Cooper at the Plowright Theatre on the 30th of June? What can they see? They can see a six-foot lunatic um, <laughs> causing chaos on stage. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that is fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. I really genuinely can't wait um, to come and see the show. Um, it sounds absolutely amazing. I've been in stitches uh, during this podcast. So if if this is anything to go by, it's going to be a great show. So thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having us on, Liz. And uh, look forward to seeing you there at the Plowright Theatre. Um, yes, the suspense is killing me. What a cracking interview, if I do say so myself. I very much enjoyed that and I hope you enjoyed listening to it. And if after listening to that you are desperate to get tickets to see the very best of Tommy Cooper, then you are in luck because there are still some available. Um, the very best of Tommy Cooper is on at the Plowright Theatre on Friday the 30th of June. Tickets are £18 for a concession 
and £20 for a standard ticket. So they're great, really affordable tickets. Um, you can get them from all the usual places, so scunthorpetheatres.co.uk or better yet, please drop into our box office at the Baths Hall on Doncaster Road or you can give us a call on 01724 296 296 and we can book them in for you um, and find you the best seats and talk to you all about where you can go. So um, it is absolutely worth coming to speak to us rather than just dropping online. Um, a few other shows that I can talk to you about just before we go. Um, so Bon Jovi is also on at the Plowright Theatre um, a little bit later on, Friday uh, the 21st of July. Bon Jovi Experience is a fantastic tribute. Um, it's the only tribute act that has actually ever shared the stage with John Bon Jovi. So, um, and they are fantastic. And you are going to be, if you're a Bon Jovi fan, you're going to be in for a great show that night. Um, him and me, so Anton and Giovanni of Strictly fame, is going to be at the Bath Hall on Tuesday the 18th of July. There are only about 60 tickets left for that one. So if you are a Strictly fan, and in particular a fan of Anton Dubeck and Giovanni Panisse, which pretty much everybody is, then you are going to have to act quickly to get those tickets. Um, we've also got Jimmy Carr on at the Bath Hall on Saturday the 29th of July. He's doing two shows. One at 7pm, those tickets are selling fast, and then a later one at 9.30pm. I am personally going to that 9.30pm uh, showing because I think it's a great opportunity to go and uh, grab a meal out with mates, which is what we're doing, and then go see a funny show afterwards. So it'll be a cracking night, that one. Um, and then finally... If, like me, you are well into your 30s and you miss that golden opportunity that you had where you could go out, have a dance with your friends to some classic disco tunes um, and, and come back home and have a great time, um, then Disco for Grown Ups is absolutely the show for you. It is basically like your classic old school disco. It is on, on Saturday the 9th of September at the Baths Hall. The only difference is you won't have a grotty sticky floor and you won't be feeling real bad about yourself afterwards. <laughs> it is going to be great. It's it's doing loads of different hits um, all the way from 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s uh, and the noughties. Um, it is your real old school classic dancey disco party i can't wait i'm absolutely grabbing tickets and going with my mates so we can sing till hearts content and dance away and they're even supplying free glow sticks and retro sweets so that's pretty exciting um so for that one doors open at seven dancing's from eight till 11 30 that's saturday the 9th of september and tickets are only 16 pound 50 for that one so proper bargain too um it's a totally standing gig so nothing's reserved just grab your uh, tickets with your mates and have a really fun night out with us thank you so much for listening as always all our shows are on at scunthorpetheaters.co.uk you can see a full list of them all um any questions you want to pop into this podcast any requests for any of our acts that you want me to interview please do send them in you there's a contact us bit on the website uh, and there's also an email address in the podcast bit if you've made it this far thanks so much um please don't forget to like subscribe share with lots of people we'd love to get some more listeners um i hope you enjoyed it as much as i did hopefully we'll see you at tommy cooper um on friday the 30th of june thanks so much bye